Welcome to a new episode of the Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Today with me we have Benjinji, he's the owner of Yas and also a baker, a chef, a content creator. Uh, if you want to learn how content creators and influencers make money, how the influencer marketing creator economy works, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Enjoy the show. Hey Benjinji, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you for uh, having me. Um, amazing, amazing day. The weather is getting absolutely beautiful here in New York after a very long cold season. Um, yeah, so it just, you know, flowers are blossoming right now. I know. And, <laughs> yeah, the most beautiful period ever. Finally, I would add, right, it's not been the best, uh, you know, the best, I would say, few past few months in New York City, so... Absolutely, I'm with you with that on that. And, uh, yes. you know, today I'm really excited to do this episode because it combines together two things that I care the most, that is the creator economy and food, with food as a priority, being Italian. Of course. And so, you know, I, <laughs> you know I've been following you for, for uh, you know, quite a, a good time now when I started seeing one of your first, like, you know, videos out there uh, with one of your FCP. I was like, okay, quite interesting. And then I started checking on your bio and I saw that you studied in Italy, in Brass. I was like, we had to do an episode, you know, with this guy. And so uh, why, why don't you uh, tell us a bit more again about yourself? Why, like, you know, you like well, about your passion, like, you know, for food and cooking. And, and then how did you combine that with like creating content? So tell us a bit more about your story. Of course, I will uh, try to wrap it as a short story as I can, basically like putting all my life on the table. But uh, starting with, I actually like uh, connecting to you as an Italian. I grew up in Italy until I was four years old. My parents studied medicine in Milano. Uh, so I grew up there. The first language I spoke in my life was Italian, not Hebrew, no English, nothing, just Italian. Came back to Israel, forgot all the language because the kids laughed at me in the kindergarten. Long story short, I was a very picky eater boy because I ate only Parmigiano-Reggiano when I was in Italy. Came back to Israel, I told my teacher in the kindergarten, I want Parmigiano-Reggiano. She was like, shut the fuck up. Sorry for my French. Get this tomato and eat it. It was a rotten tomato and I got traumatized for like most of my life. I didn't eat anything new, no veggies, no fruits, anything. Um... Wow. After my, after my military service, I served for three years in the army. Um, I finished and I uh, went on my big trip. Israel is usually after the army service or going to like travel around the world. And I traveled to uh, upstate New York to work in a dairy farm to save some money and then uh, travel to the east, uh, uh, Asia, and travel there to India and Thailand and stuff. And during my travel there and expose myself, I was exposing myself to different culture, different flavors. So I started to be like very curious about food. And actually like at the age of 22, it was the first time that I was like, wow, food is fascinating and got into it. Um, by accident, I started to work in a restaurant as a waiter um, before my studies in electrical engineering in Tel Aviv University. I was like moving to the city and getting used to the life there. Started to work as a waiter. And the chef there was like looking at me. He was like, I see the passion in your eyes for the kitchen. Maybe you'll join us. And I was like, took a moment to like let it sink. And then I was like, you know what? If I have a couple of months to work before I, I start my studies in the university, let's 
tried to work in the best kitchen possible in the country. And I applied for like back then the best restaurant in Israel and they accepted me. Surprisingly, I didn't know how to hold the knife. Um, after a couple of months, I was like very good soldier. I was like taking any a piece of information they gave me and learn it by heart. And I just like completely fell in love with food. And I decided that that's what I want to do in life. Working with food. Don't know what I want to do, but I want to be focused on food. Um, and that was the moment I canceled my studies in, as electrical engineer in Tel Aviv University. And I uh, kept working in kitchens, uh, making my way up from like a prep cook to be like the a chef of the restaurant I worked in, uh, managing the staff, running their catering business. So like taking control on many roles. Uh, after a couple of years, uh, my both parents are doctors and I'm the oldest and they expected me to be either lawyer, engineer, doctor, whatever, stuff like this. I decided to, uh, I felt the need to go and pursue an academic background. So I moved to Italy. I decided to go to study in the university, but something that I'm passionate about. And I found this gastronomy university, super fascinating, running by slow food movement in Italy. Uh, basically, it's it's not uh, just for the people who listen to us. It's not a practical cooking school, so you don't learn how to cook. You learn like everything about food from like different angles, like uh, science, uh, agriculture, sociology, culture, everything, uh, to kind of creating a broad language about what food is. Um, hmm. Finish my studies during COVID, just at the beginning of COVID and moved back to Israel from Italy and started selling my bread uh, for neighbors and friends. And it's, it was a good success. It took off from like a couple of loaves a, a week to about 100, 150 loaves a day. I collaborated with like a local bakery and we started producing some incredible breads. Um, and yeah, there was an opportunity to come here to the States. Um, like the skies were open for a while. I came here to meet my girlfriend that happened to be my wife and the mother of my child, uh, eventually. Uh, but uh, yeah, we got married and I applied for like, like to, to work here and I couldn't work legally and do something like while I was waiting for my permit. And I started sharing my journey as a baker on social media. And surprisingly, gratefully and happily enough, it took off from like, really early on and the rest is history that's what i'm doing since then that's my wrap of my story i hope i didn't exaggerate with the time amazing no i mean it's uh, i love the couple of things that you just said one it's about you know that you you know you travel the world to understand different cultures because at the end of the day you know food uh, it's a big part right of who we are historically speaking and also I like that uh, you know food is not just about cooking it's again, it's about the, you know, the materials that you have, about the type of like, you know, uh, fields and then, then, you know, where the water that you use. Uh, and again, culturally speaking, also like uh, what does it mean for a country, right? So I, oh. I like that. And, and, and I know that right, it's all about, again, slow food and, and what is around, right? The food and not just the cooking, because cooking, yes, it's important, but without having the, the culture behind that, it's difficult to innovate sometimes, right, also, so. Exactly, also very important, like, you know, just to mention, just yeah. to mention, uh, to touch one thing that sure. you said about, like, food as a culture, you know, it's amazing, it's very important thing to mention here in America, because I feel that, like, 
taste mm-hmm. and holistic approach to food, not necessarily going hand by hand here in the, this country. Yeah. And what I'm telling people that like the most important thing to focus is about your approach and philosophy to food. That's what is the most important because at the end of the day, you can eat delicious food outside every single day. It doesn't do well for your body mm. as well as like understanding what you eat, where it comes from, the values that you are like highlighting in your diet. And it's really reflecting on your health and your mental health and your surroundings and okay. <laughs> No, but I, absolutely, I know what I mean. A big difference between Europe and the US when it comes to, you know, food and the approach to food. And, yeah. uh, you know, again, you know, we said at the beginning, you combine together food and, you know, content creation. I'm really curious, you know, because many people just see a video, watch a video online, maybe 30 seconds. And it's like, oh, nice, you know, and they scroll down. What is behind a video, a typical video of yours? Can you, can you go through that? From the beginning, so... like from the process when you think uh, to when you choose. So I have to say that like, um, and we will touch about it as we go in the call, but content is evolving the, all the time. And, you know, things that like, when you ask, like, if you ask me this question, when I just started, basically I was putting myself in a mission. I started baking, baking only sourdough breads. And then I diversify, like, as I went Uh, on with the content, I started to diversify a little bit my repertoire of what I'm baking uh, and went in different direction, different types of bread. I'm I, rather calling myself not a baker, a dough man. I'm working with dough in any capacity, everything flour and water together I'm working with. So it's starting with doing research culturally about the, this product watching tons of videos to like gather like the kind of an idea of what is the process and the technique that is required in certain ingredients um sitting down actually developing the formula going buying the ingredients coming back cooking shooting editing writing the copy like writing the like the caption for both of the uh, social media but also writing the whole text and all the recipe down for my website and for my newsletter, uh, posting it. And something that is very important for me is also like being there and answering every single question that my community has about the recipe, either on my website and on the newsletter, but also on social media. So really being attentive to what people ask, because at the end of the day, unlike other people that creating content, on social media, for me, the most important thing is that people will actually make what I'm working on, you know? It's like, obviously, I'm trying to, like, yeah. add some personality and making my content entertain, entertaining, but at the end of the day, if they are not making the, the recipe, for me, it's a miss. Um, yeah. Hey, quick break. This podcast is hosted by The Influencer Marketing Factory. We are an influencer marketing agency that helps brands and companies engage with Gen Z and millennials on social media. We take care of influencer identification, storytelling, creativity, negotiation, contracting, campaign management, error analysis, in-depth reporting, code and boosting, and much, much more. Are you interested in learning more? You can find us at theinfluencermarketingfactory.com or you can Google The Influencer Marketing Factory. I saw many TikTok videos of people like, you know, joking on the fact that they save it and that they will never do it, right? Many comments like, okay, let me save this video so I will never cook this, you know? So 
<laughs> exactly. I know what you mean about that, you know, like, and uh, let me also ask you this. When we quickly chat, you know, when we met, you told me that you still record and do everything, like all the editing still on your phone. Is that right? Yes. About uh, editing, I hired an editor to edit my videos. So like I have another person in the team since we talk. Um, that he is uh, doing that, just that I can dedicate a little bit more time to my baby, my newborn. Uh, but when it comes to, like, in general, because, like, let's talk until recently, I still was doing it on the phone. My approach to content is that people should should work on their content in the easiest possible way for them to produce as much content as possible. Means, do I think that, like, phone camera is like the best option available absolutely not uh, I mean questionable but like obviously like quality wise a camera will do like 10 times better job I don't know how to hold the camera I didn't come to this world creating content as like I want to be professional in shooting for me it was like I'm sharing my professional background in cooking and baking um, and for me it was like I'm always with the phone it's always available for me to like an easy going like there is no like a entry barriers for me like oh I need to learn this stuff like for example it takes me time to get on YouTube because I have like this kind of an approach of like obviously I need to be like so professional and have like the best gear possible and like know how what I'm doing and it's holding me from like starting to to do and with Instagram and TikTok and Facebook it's like really like Easy going, take your phone, shoot a couple of videos, edit it on your phone and dunk it there. It will be amazing, you know? So I wouldn't recommend to everyone going necessarily on that. Some people are feeling more comfortable with the camera. Go with the camera. You feel more comfortable with the phone? Go with the phone. You feel good with the GoPro? Do it with the GoPro. It doesn't matter. As long as it's easy for you, you will produce more. And like when it's come to content, Quantity is most likely will be more important than quality. Apart from the phone that you use, right, like on a daily basis, what are some of the other equipment uh, you as a content creator that you have in the kitchen? Like what is uh, really important when you shoot videos, uh, like so, lights, uh, anything else? So I'm shooting with natural light um, just because I live in a, in a tiny New York City apartment, so I don't have like enough space to put more lighting i wish i could because otherwise i won't fight with the sun who is like going to sleep earlier um i so i have a tripod um one that i'm very happy with um i tried all the, uh, a kind of tripod uh, the one that i stick with is a boom stand that hold the phone the best option in for me um the phone and I have a screen that I mirror the phone so I can see uh, what I'm shooting because I'm shooting by myself. Um, so, yeah, best quality is with the back camera and not with the front one. And in order for me to see what I'm doing and how it's looking, the focus and everything, I have the screen that I actually see what I'm doing. Perfect. So, yeah, like, you know, as you said, nothing, this is like the concept, right? Some days you don't need necessarily a thousand different items, right, to make a good content right it's not necessarily because you have maybe the professional light that is going to change it it's more about you know what you put in right the storytelling your style and so on so i i, I like that idea there look at the end of the day at the end of the day there is no right and wrong in content you know i see people that like ah, 
I think that my content look great. Let's say like uh, in terms of lighting, I'm working with natural light. I have a great natural light in my room. So like I don't really need the professional lighting, but at the same time, I see people that have awful lighting at home and not using any professional camera, like a shitty lighting from the kitchen and they're getting millions of views. Like it doesn't, it doesn't translate necessarily the quality of the light, the quality of your computer, the quality of your camera to how it will perform. On the other hand, I see people that using like the most, most, most professional expensive gear and getting zero engagement. Um, that's what wild about like creating content that like there is no right formula for it. It's amazing. Um, and uh, you told me already that before you have now a video editor helping, helping you out. Um, so I guess that I, you have some support right now. How is it like one day in your life now compared to one year ago? Oh, uh, I wouldn't say one year, but like two years ago, I was like all by myself. So everything we mentioned before, like doing the research myself, answering people myself, uploading everything myself, writing and checking and doing copy editing, editing the videos, uh, um, talking with brands to like bring brand partnerships, collaboration with other like different folks. So like doing everything by myself, it was one man show. It was crazy. I worked like literally 25 hours a day um, and it wasn't sustainable. It was great for the growth back in the day. But like, you know, as things are getting like a, like moving forward, things need to be like more um, systemized. Uh, so now I have a couple of people working for me. Um, my wife is my partner in business um, and she's helping me with all the copy edit. Um, I have a couple of managers that helping me. I have a manager for my brandings. I have a manager for a cookbook that we, uh, I'm writing, um, editor for the videos, uh, someone that doing copy for uh, our newsletter. Um, yeah, I think we... We develop a legit team in the past two years. So yeah, I can see that, right? After a while, you need you need to create something, right, around you. So it's it's just you all the time, and might be very, you know, sometimes you get into the burnout, right? As a content creator, I guess. Exactly. Exactly, but not just that. Like you know, also like uh, for me, it was more about keep the creative aspect of my work active. You know, mm-hmm. when you are dealing with like. It's the same thing like you open a restaurant, yes? You, you you are a chef, you have amazing dishes and you inspire people and they eat your food and they're like amazed and, and you're like, okay, I have a concept, I'm opening a restaurant and then you find yourself dealing with the dishwasher that didn't come today, uh, hiring like uh, the waiters and the cooks, uh, paying the bills, then the municipality is giving you a fine and like you find yourself doing everything but cooking. So like same thing with with content as, uh, until I bought like people on board I was like doing everything content was like very very little now I'm doing only creative and content which is a blessed it's a gift and because you're saying you know that you wanted to focus uh, still on you know the content and on the creative side how do you stay relevant uh, that every single day on TikTok there is a new trend a new way to do videos on YouTube how do you stay relevant in, in your industry First of all, I'm taking a big breath um, and trying to remind myself that this, it's a long run and not a short run, mm-hmm. you know? 
it's very instant industry that like you really can judge and be influenced and it's happened to me at the very beginning i i'm i'm adjusting and i'm growing and i'm maturing as i'm going but um at the beginning it's really influenced me every single video this one didn't perform well i felt terrible this one performed amazing i feel the happiest person in the world and you you cannot work like that um so first of all i did i'm trying in the a past year and the future to de- to develop assets that are outside of social media that are controlled by me as much as possible like on social media you you cannot control what's going on with your content you put it out there and you hope that it will perform well either the algorithm picked you up or like people were exposed or they changed something in the policy and it's not really depends on you so i'm like trying to develop assets that are out of social media if it's our newsletter website um the cookbook that i'm writing establishing myself in i love to call it in the real world so that's one thing second um there are i hope that like this example will make sense there are people that uh, i'm talking about content creators that are approaching to the to the mass population ap- trying to approach every everybody um which is great let's say for example if someone is making a breakfast um i don't know the, there was a trend of like a butterboard people took like soft butter put it on a board and decorated a little bit it's applying to every person from like someone who cooks someone who doesn't cook chefs like anything i'm creating content that is like relatively more sophisticated uh, and to people that will be like like most likely more interested uh, like you know to convince someone to actually bake a bread since <laughs> Uh, or to convince him to make a salad there is a big difference like I, i'm i'm relatively very niche and so i change my mind about trying to be relevant i'm not trying to be relevant to everyone i'm trying to be relevant to the to to my community to my audience to my niche so like if i compare it to music for example i'm not beyonce And I'm not aiming to be Beyonce. I know that not every American will be interested in my content. I'm a, I'm a jazz artist, you know, that I hope that the jazz community will acknowledge. No, absolutely. It, uh, it's a great analogy, I think, on that. And, uh, you know, something also that I wanted to ask you on that, it is that, uh, you know, you are looking for a niche, right? But something that I also noticed that lately, and I think that you did the same some, some videos ago, you also collaborate with other food content creators, right? Uh, and uh, yeah. how does it work and what are some of the benefits in collaborating and doing videos together? There are many benefits for it. I see only benefits from it. As uh, like content creator, and I mentioned it before, usually you're working by yourself. Okay, you have an editor, but like he's not here with the room with me or you have a photographer, but like it's a very lonely job. So like meeting people from the industry, it's great. Like you're creating a community first. Second, um, I really develop and, and like learn from every person I collaborate with how I can get better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not necessarily that I implement everything that I learn, but like, you know, I was like collaborating with a, an amazing colleague of mine Uh, last week and he's using a microphone like a separate microphone to his shooting every time i bought this microphone i didn't use it ever i i don't i'm not interested but i bought it i was like 
okay, that's one idea. Some, uh, uh, one person is editing in a specific way. So I'm like getting notes from everyone. It's like really developing me as the creator. Third thing um, is, um, it's working together. I'm not really competing with anyone. So like, you know, one, like the, the, the person who came here to, um, uh, to collab with me last week, he launched a new merch. I bought from him the merch. When I will launch a product, he will buy the product. I'm promoting his product. He promote my product. And that's how it goes. You know what I mean? Um, we are working together to benefit both sides. So it's great. And third thing, most important, the algorithm likes it, the collaboration. And it's uh, doing a, a crossovers of audience and exposing me to other um, other audience that I, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily approached until then. Um, yeah, and it's really amazing. Like it's actually like providing me the option to like target specific audience that I was interested in, and they were not necessarily exposed to me. And the the beauty thing is to like really see what is the shtick uh, that will grab the other audience attention yes so for example i'm not doing anything with meat but if i want to like bring some meat levels towards my audience i will do a kind of baked good that go well with meat with someone that is like established with meat i will grab his audience attention towards me in a welcoming and approachable way for them so that's it no it makes sense right um especially when it comes to getting like you know I mean, all the all the benefits that that you just said, like you know, they they do make sense, right? Uh, it is. I like when you say that it's a collaborative environment instead of looking at each other as competitors, because especially in the creator economy, right, that doesn't bring you anywhere. But instead, working together, it does. And so, also, you know, like so, we you know we covered content creation, we covered food, we covered collaborations. Uh, um, something very important that many people, you know, like are interested in it's uh, it's money, right? Creator creators and money. So I wanted to ask you, how do you make money? First of all, can you can you do a little you know breakdown? You already said before that you also have your book, you have a newsletter in addition to the social media. What is you know what you can share with us? But it would be interesting to see how do you make money. So obviously, let's start with like my um, social media presence. I'm doing a I'm getting paid for brand deals and paid partnerships with brands that want to approach my audience. Um, second of all, uh, from my website and from my newsletter, uh, through ads um, and through brand partnership as well. Um, from the cookbook, as we said, my wife and I also run a catering business um, and providing cooking and baking classes. I... We have very, like el- many revenue streams that walking into like this one sole entity that is like the Yas company. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I love to like uh, uh, to answer this by saying that social media is the medium for us to um, talk and engage um, other revenue streams that we have. So, for example. We have a catering business. I'm putting, I'm posting about catering events that we are doing. From that, I'm getting other inquiries. I'm posting content. From that, I'm getting newsletter subscribers that I turn with ad revenue, like with ad um, 
revenue shares, like money from that. So it's like, it's a whole system that in the past year we developed to work all together simultaneously all the fucking time and helping uh, each other. So basically social media for you, it's like both uh, direct and also an non-direct, right? Uh, type of uh, uh, exactly. trend for you. Yes. I Look, at the beginning, obviously in the first year, the like the, the 100% of my revenue came from brand deals. But then I just realized like I cannot like, I cannot rely on it sustainably. Like money from brand deals is great. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. It's 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 good, but at the same time, you find yourself sometimes as long as I like I do have long partnership with a couple of brands, but other than that, you are waiting for a brand deal to come. And also you are working for free until someone is paying to for this uh, content to go paid so i found it absolutely not sustainable for me for my life for my family and i wanted to establish other ways that i can like feel um, more safe secured financially about all this we're talking about yeah absolutely i mean you know like uh, uh really having different revenue streams uh, diversify not putting all the eggs in one basket many content creators uh, realized and understood how important it is and uh, let me also ask you this what are some of the myths about uh, creators and money is there anything that you either read in your comments for example or your friends think about the creator economy and money uh, that is that is not true I said I I would say that there is a kind of a picture of content creators being like very rich from it, and <laughs> and and m- most likely it's absolutely not true. Um, we are getting paid res- respectfully um, most of the time, but at the end of the day, I know very few that got rich from it you know like let's talk like you know i'm not talking about like people like over million and like you know established brands out of social media or like you know millions of followers subscribers on youtube that that obviously they're making good money from it but like people on the range of like let's say up to a million they're working hard like anybody else in every other job. And like most people just see, like, as you said at the beginning, like 30 seconds video and they're like thinking, okay, I produce three videos this week that together sum up to like, let's say three minutes. And I work three minutes this week. No, for this three minutes, there is like a whole week of work of, as we said, planning, executing, like working on like future plans. And as I mentioned before, all this work is for free until there is a company that's putting money on this content. So, like, people think that we are, like, loaded with money. We are working very hard for it. Very, very hard for it. I I have to say that most content creators that I collaborated with, and I collaborated with over 40, um, they're all very, very hard working and dedicated to the work. No one is taking it. I, I'm, I'm talking about, like, food. Uh, no one is taking it as like a easy ride of like you know I'm shooting a, like an omelette and it's done. No, there is a lot of a, a lot into it. Um, yeah, so that's one of the myths that it's an easy job and it's like you're loaded with money because you got followers. Followers are not always translated to a dollar, you know. 
No, yeah, thank you for sharing that because we noticed the same in our creator economy report that we, you know, like published uh, recently. And we saw that the majority of the, of the content creators out there still, you know, make like, you know, less than 50K a year, like, you know, or some of them between 50 and 100. But again, it took years. Like we also asked them how many years have been doing these. And, you know, many of them have been doing like for five, six, seven years, you know. So there is, again, it's very difficult to become that famous, especially rich overnight. It takes time. So thank you also for sharing that from your, like, you know, point of view as, as a content creator. And, uh, you know, after that, again, we talk about business mostly, but uh, I'm really curious. Uh, what is the most difficult recipe you ever work it on? Panettone. I have I like easy come to my mind. Sanetone, uh, I did a couple of attempts, but like I didn't get it into like the right perfect texture that I wanted. Um, I would say that Panettone is the most difficult baked good I can think of in the world, period. I tried many from many other cultures and I'm like happy to entertain any other idea of someone who thinks that there is something more difficult, but yeah. Panettone is the the most yeah. difficult. I'm, I'm, you know, being from Milano myself, and I tried, uh, you know, artisanal, really good panettone, and I watched videos of people doing them. And I, I have people, friends that are working to bakeries, and they are like, you know, owners of bakeries. And uh, yes, it's very difficult. I, I, I can see that's why it's your answer, because it takes so much to master it. So <laughs> that's for sure, you know. I love to look at it like, you know, every time I'm talking with people about baking is baking, it takes so long, but mm -hmm. when it's actually like come out of the oven to track what was like the exact moment that brought it not to be perfect is very hard. So think about it, panettone, it's take like over three days to make. Yes. You get it out of the oven. It's look great before it's getting in the oven. Yes. When it's perfect and when it's not perfect, it looks great before it's getting in the oven. And then you're taking it out and you slice into it and you're like, where did they go wrong? And very hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can, I can imagine. And uh, so that was the hardest. Which one is the... Do you have a recipe that you love the most? Either that you do only once it was like yes. where you were impressed or something that you want to do more and more times even in the future? I have to say that I'm uh, the most proud in the world about my pita recipe, my pita bread recipe. Um, especially living in America, the, mm -hmm. um, usually you get this thin paper pita that you load with stuff and it just like break and everything is falling off. So I'm making an Israeli thick, good pita that's absorbing like the the... the the joke in, in Israel, we say that like if your pita is good, you can pour soup into it and it will hold it. Um, so my pita bread is... Now I'm hungry and I want to try one of your pita. So next time I'm going to, you know, drop by. <laughs> and uh, now I told you, I'm a foodie. I love cooking myself. So just the idea of that, I'm like, I mean, now I want to, now I want to try it. I should get you some pitas and spreads. Yes. yes. <laughs> love it. Thank you. Uh, for that. Is there anything else that you want to add on today's episode? Something that I didn't ask you, something that you're very excited that you're working on, something that you're excited about the industry? I would love to give people a, a, a something to think about. When I started producing content, 
I genuinely didn't think that I will become a content creator. I didn't want and I didn't aim it. It wasn't never my goal. Never. I came to the States to get a work permit, work in bakeries, being confident enough and open my own bakery. Not relation to content creator. Mm-hmm. I looked on content as my diary where I can document what I'm doing. I'm, I'm personally interested in baking, so that was my outlet where I put my recipes and I could track afterwards. I was like, oh, I did this bread last time. What did I use? What are the measurements? How did it come out? Mm, it should come. I used it as like a track for me, like for all my process and my development professionally. And eventually people liked it and it's like all work together. But either if you are a singer, a songwriter, a contractor, a model, whatever, share, share about it. I mean, it's the easiest thing. Back in the day, like, you know, you, ne- you wanted to have a show. You needed to work so hard to compete with other, co- like, other candidates and to be the best one that, like, someone will peek into a TV show and there is one TV show and this section, this channel, this year. Dude, you can open your own channel, channel today and have views today. And, you know, and it's like, worst case scenario, you just documented your life on this aspect for a while and, you know, it doesn't go anywhere. So, like, why not doing it, you know? And last thing, I just, um, I just been in Italy in uh, Piemonte. I gave a couple of lectures for the master program of communication in the universities I studied at. And uh, we talked about social media marketing and I said to everyone, no one will get hurt from having more followers and more attention on social media, no matter what business you, you will go to. No matter what business. You know, we can see like, uh, you know, Erica, Erica the lawyer. She's a lawyer. And she's like talking about like, stuff relating to her profession got one of the most like became one of the most known famous people in this like industry and she's a lawyer like other lawyers will look at her and will be like what the fuck are you doing but now she can open a law firm and like beat every law firm you know to like like crazy so like and she can decide also not doing content anymore. But like still, she got like so known and popular that like it's helped her business in any aspect. So just do it. Just do it, guys. That's it. Love the message. I, I like that. And, uh, you know, we see say this all the time. Every company is becoming a media company. Every person is becoming basically a content creator. So why not, right? So absolutely. I do. Exactly. I do agree. And, and it doesn't work. You have a really nice, uh, good, really good memories in your... Uh, on your social media that in 10 years are going to go back and you know you can just watch it as it was like you know your story so <laughs> right exactly <laughs> why not like i mean what 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 can be what can be bad about it you know and that's yeah. what sorry just like last thing uh, that's yeah. why i'm connecting what we talked before about like making content easy for you to produce more that's why i'm doing it for my phone i'm anyway with my phone i'm anyway taking pictures of my food i'm anyway taking videos you're just putting them together and upload. It's nothing to do. When you are working with your camera, okay, oh, I forgot my camera at home. No content. No, you have your phone. You can produce it now. Do it. Absolutely. Love, love it. Benjenji, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a very insightful and also fun conversation. Congratulations on your success and best of luck you know, for everything else you're going to work on. 
This was the Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. I'll see you next week. Thank you.